God, I had one message on my heart, and it was changed. Amen. Wherever you are, you're going to get it. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. <laughs> We're going to talk about knowing the mysteries of the kingdom. Knowing the mysteries of the kingdom. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29 says, The secret things belong unto who? Unto who? Read your scripture. <laughs> it says, Unto the Lord our God. Amen, amen, amen. The Bible said don't add or, don't, or take away. <laughs> Let me try this again. Deuteronomy 29 verse 29 reads, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children for how long? Forever. That we may what? That we may what? Do all the words of this law. What he's saying here, God has always intended for every born-again believer, every born-again child of God to understand everything he said. Because he intends for you and me, or you and I, to do everything he said. What? So that everything he said can come to pass. Let me say it again. God has always intended for every born-again child of God. How many born-again child, child of God do we have in this room? He intended for every born-again child of God to understand everything that he said because he intends for you and I to do everything that he said so that everything that he said can what? Come to pass. That's why Jesus said there's only one thing that's needful when talking to Martha when she's complaining about Mary. Mary, Come on, say amen, somebody. In other words, if you can get revelation from the word of God, you can get anything fixed. I'll say it again. If you can get revelation from the word of God, you can get anything fixed. I don't care what it is. Amen. 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 I'm talking about revelation in his what? In his word. Remember Jesus said, bless are those that believe and not see. Amen. Amen. See, being able to believe something, you can't see with your what? Natural eyes. Well, why did he say that? Because if you begin to believe the word instead of what you see and feel, first of all, you had to make a decision to do that. Let me say it again. You had to make a what? Decision to do that. When you made that decision, Instantly, your spirit man came to ascendancy. Let me say it again. When you made that decision, instantly your spirit man came to what? Came to the ascendancy. Now you didn't feel any different. And you didn't look any different. Come on, say amen, somebody. But when that happened, what happened? Faith went to work. To your neighbor, faith went to work. So you can't judge faith by, what, by the way you feel. You judge faith by truth. 
Let me say it again. You judge faith by what? True. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. So when you did that, guess what? It came. It what? It came. And Jesus is saying, when you did that, you put the blessing to work. So the moment you believe something you couldn't see with your physical eye, faith came. Let me say it again. The moment you believe something you couldn't see with your physical eye, what happened? Faith came. Your spirit man took over if you're born again. Are you born again? Why? Because this only works if you're born again. Say so you got to be born again. But listen closely. Seeing is believing. There's nothing wrong with that statement. Seeing is believing. But seeing with the natural eye and believing doesn't work. Let me say it again. Seeing with your natural eye and believing doesn't work. Because why? Because it's deception. Go to John 20, verse 25. It's what? Deception. We know this is Doubting Thomas. John 20, verse 25. And it reads, The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have what? Now, all the other disciples said, We've seen the Lord. Now, he's been, he's been with these guys. He knows they're not going to tell him a lie. Come on. Come on. He was walking with, they, they was walking with me. He was walking with me right beside him. But it said, they said, we've seen the Lord, and he didn't believe them. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands, his hands in the print of, his nail, of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. But look at this. His will was involved. His what? Will was involved. Then it says in verse 26, And after eight days, again the disciples were, were within, and Thomas with them. And then what? Then Jesus showed up. And the doors being shut, and he stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Now notice this now, because why? When he seen Jesus with his natural eye, it didn't bring faith. Let me say it again. It didn't bring faith. Come on, verse 27. Then he said unto Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless. So even though he's seen Jesus, still it didn't bring faith. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because Jesus said, be not what? Faithless, but what? Believe it. Then he told Doubting Thomas what to do in verse 29. He said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have what? Believe. Let me say it again. Blessed. Are, thou, are they that what? Have not seen, but yet what? Believe. So when you made the decision to believe, 
Come on. When you made the decision to believe it, even though you couldn't see it with your natural eye, what would you do? You released the blessing of the Lord. Are you with me out there? You did what? Now you're walking along here. And you keep saying, I don't care if I feel it or not. The word of God said it, and that settled it. It's mine. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then all of a sudden, you're in a service. And all of a sudden, it just hits you. You see a scripture, and it hits you, and you say, I see it. I what? I see it. What happens? You saw it with your spiritual eyes, and you believed it. Come on, are you with me out here? That's why humans instinctively know if they can see it, they can believe it, and if they can believe it, they can have it. But they're stuck in the natural. But we're not stuck in the natural. We're not stuck in the natural. Tell your neighbor, you're not stuck in the natural. So go back to Deuteronomy 29, 29 again. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. Once again, he says, the secret thing, what? Belong unto who? The Lord our God. In other words, he knows everything. He knows what? He knows everything. He knows more than you do. Let me say it again. He knows more than you do. So it's time for you to quit arguing with him and believe what he said and then release your faith for revelation of what he said. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then the more you will, the more, then the more you will see it and with your what? With your spiritual eyes, with your eye of faith. But you got to stop arguing with him and believe what he said. And do what? And release your faith for what? For revelation of what he said. Amen. Are you following me? So he said the secret things, or we can say the mysteries. The secret things or mysteries belong unto who? The Lord our God. But those things or mysteries of the kingdom which are revealed belong unto who? Unto us and to our what? Children forever. That what? That we may do all the words of his law, do all his promises, do all his direction. That we may, that we may do all the things in the word. Somebody say all the things. See, you may not get it right then. But if you stay with it, what happened? Faith will come and you'll get it. But you got to what? But you got to what? A lot of people don't stay with it so they don't get it. So once again, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our what? Children forever that we may what? Do all the words of this law. God is no respecter of person. God is what? No respecter of person. And understand this. Revealed knowledge is truth. Revealed knowledge is truth. Revealed knowledge is what? Truth. And we just read, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever because revealed knowledge 
is true. Somebody say true. Say righteousness. Righteousness means that what? That is right. Amen? Now, I don't know if any have any automobile mechanics in here. But any auto mechanic in here, you'll understand what I'm talking about when you're talking about a righteous engine. A righteous engine is an engine that has been developed, it has been tweaked, it's been tested, and it's been tried. Come on. It has come through all the rust spots and is ready for action. Righteous engines is one that is putting out every ounce of horsepower it's supposed to, come on, and is doing it smooth and strong, and it will do it just as long as you keep feeding the fuel to it. That's a what? Righteous engine. Why? Because it's running right. Because it's what? Because it's running right. Well, God is righteous. And he's right every time. He's right every time. There is no unrighteousness in him. Are you with me out there? What the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21 There is no unrighteousness what in him. But look at 2 Corinthians 5.21 where it says, For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we, that we might be what? Made the righteousness of God where? In him. We have been made the what? The righteousness of God where? In him. The righteousness of God in him. In other words, the truth is in you right now. The truth is where? It's in you right now. If you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the righteousness of God is in you now. When? Now. Listen to me now. The right way of everything is in there. Let me say it again. The right way of everything is in there. Everything. Everything. Everything is in there. The right way. Of everything is in there. I don't care who you are. Because the word of God says in Romans 10, 13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone in this room is a whosoever. This is a whosoever gospel. There are no second-rate or second-tier in the family of God. And one of the biggest words in the Bible is whosoever, because why? That includes you and me. Come on, say, I'm a whosoever. The reason I'm making this point, because if you go back to Deuteronomy 29, 29, look at it again. 
It says the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our what? Children forever, that we may what? Do all the works of this law. In other words, those things which he's saying, those things which are revealed are righteous. Let's read it again. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto what? Unto us and to our what? Children. In other words, those things which are revealed are righteous. They are laws, and they work when they are put to work for anybody that will do it God's way. In other words, don't argue about it. Just do it. For example, if he revealed to you not the fear, fear not. Then fear not. It's time out for all this. I'll try. I'll try, Pastor. I'll but try. It didn't say try. Just do it. They never just do it. I don't care if you're shaking from one end to the other. Just stand up there and say, I refuse to fear. Come on, say, I refuse to fear. Why? You know, Gloria Copeland, when you watch Gloria Copeland, she always has a little funny sayings. And she said, the sun will shine on anyone who will get out in it. <laughs> the sun will shine on anyone who will get out in it. But you have to get up and go outside. Come on, with me out here. You don't have to figure it out. And see, revelation is just that. And it's just the beginning because revelation grows and it works and it functions. Come on, are you with me out here? But here's the big problem. You can't make it work. You have to let it work. And when you start pushing, you're going to shut it down. Come on, are you with me out here? Because why? You're not going to get any credit for making this thing work. Hello? Why? That's not our job. Our job is to believe it and let it work. Our job is what? To believe it and let it work. And that's what the Bible means when it says in Hebrews 4, 9, turn there. That's what the Bible means when it says, Hebrews 4, 9, that there remaineth, therefore, a what? Rest to the what? To, are you the people of God? Yeah. It says, therefore, there remaineth there a rest for the, to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he is also what? Ceased from his own words, as God did from his. Why? Because faith always rests. Always what? Rest. Come on. You go get his word on it. You believe it. And you meditate on it. And you think about it. And you mumble around about it. You talk about it. And you think about it some more. And you read it. And you meditate on it again. 
You're working over that verse of Scripture. Come on, say amen, somebody. And as you're doing this, it will seem like there's no gradual progression. It'll seem like you're just going along. And you're doing your meditation. You're doing your mumbling. Thank you. I know I'm healed. I'm just right. I'm healed. You're doing your thinking. I'm thinking about this thing. Come on. And you're staying in faith. And you're staying at rest. And you're not allowing the devil to interfere. And all of a sudden, boom, the light will come on. On the inside, it'll go like, yeah, that's it. I got it. That's it. Now, it's the same verse you read yesterday. It's the same verse you read 14 years ago. Fire for y'all, y'all 16 or over. <laughs> But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it exploded, and it got big in your eyes. It got big in your spiritual eyes. Do you hear me? It got big where? In your spiritual eyes. What happened? Faith was coming. Faith comes. Faith comes. Faith comes. Faith comes, and then the cup runs over. See, that victory point is what you're looking for. Come on, are you with me out here? See, you don't wait for the victory point to come, and then you begin to believe. It'll never come. It won't ever come. That's like walking to a wood-burning stove and saying, stove, if you give me some heat, then I'll put some wood in. Well, how do we know that's not going to work? Because there are certain laws of physics that govern that. Come on, say amen, somebody. And it'll work for anybody that will do it according to the way those laws function. Are you following me out here? So you have to wonder, let's think about that. You have to wonder. Why all the advanced technology is in the hands of the sinner? Why is all the advanced technology in the hands of the sinner? They have done more to advance technology than believers have. Why is that? Because God had to give it to them because he, because he couldn't get his people to do anything about it. And God needed technology right then. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, thank God he's turning it around. And he's changing because why? God now has people who will believe him for these things. But God has been, in, God has been building airplanes and making computers for a long time. But he couldn't get it to his people. He couldn't get it to him. He couldn't get his people to come and get him. Come on, say amen, somebody. His people had a hard time believing him for a new car, let alone a billion-dollar industry. But that's turning around. I said that's turning around. Why? Because God is raising up a generation that will believe him to be CEOs. 
a major corporation. He's raising up people to believe him to take over the automotive business industry and technology industry. Come on, say amen, somebody. Come on, he's raising up decision makers that, of, of, of what comes on television. Owners of their own broadcasting network. Putting their own satellites in space. Let me give you an example. There's a man, his name was Clyde McGee. They called him Mr. Satellite. Now they were working desperately. He was a major with the government. They were working desperately to put the first communication satellite up. The problem they were having is to get that thing to where it would synchronize with the earth and stay in one spot. Amen? Where it didn't lag behind the other. We're talking about 24,000 miles out in space. But first you had to shoot the thing out there. Amen? But this is how they did it. You want to know how they did it? This is how they did it. Clyde McGee was one of the chief engineers. And when they would hit a problem, he would go home. And his wife, who was a praying woman, she's one of the women, and she would pray. Matter of fact, she was one of the part of the prayer group of a, of a, a Lynn Hammond and a, and a Billy Brim and that group. So she would start praying in tongues. She did what? Start praying in tongues. Well, look at 1 Corinthians 14, 13. She would start praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit and following 1 Corinthians 14, 13, where it says, Wherefore let him that what? Let him what? Speak with an unknown tongue. Pray that he may what? Interpret. So they would pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray then it would begin to lift. What's happening? Faith is coming. Faith is coming. Anybody with me in here? Now, Clyde McGee would go on back to work while his wife was still praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues and believing. And what happened? Revelation of what to do would come to him. You ready to say Revelation of what to do would come to him. That's why, that's, that's the way they put the first satellite out there. Because his wife, what? Prayed in the Holy Ghost. Prayed in tongues. And what happened? Faith came. And there was a name, man named Halverson. Billy Brim sells his book. Talks about how much of a praying man this man was. He was a serious man of prayer. He's one of the most effective men of prayer of his time. But he was in, he, he tells a story where he was in Mac and Lynn Hammond's church in Minneapolis. And this same Clyde, the guy we're talking about, amen, Mr. Satellite, he came up on the platform and they were all praying. And while Halverson was praying in the Spirit, in the Holy Ghost, he walked by Clyde. Now, what Clyde was doing with that satellite was top secret. 
nobody knew anything but Clyde and God in that church. Do you hear me out there? So Brother Halverson walked over to Clyde and started saying, Birds! 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 Come out of there! Birds, come out! He didn't know what he was talking about, but Clyde did. Why? Because Clyde knew he was talking about those satellites. Oh, come on, say amen. Why? They're in there. Are y'all with me in here? They're what? They're in there. All of that technology is inside you. Let me say it again. All of that technology is inside you. Inside God. God had it all planned before the foundation of the world and he's inside you. All technology Everything that will ever exist is inside you right now. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. All technology for everything that will ever exist is inside you right now. And you worried about the rent? See, these are spiritual laws. Listen, they're not set aside just to work for a certain person or certain one. And the problem has been with the elements of those laws. See, in the natural world, people just experiment and they experiment and they experiment until they finally find something that works. And they find what do it. And they do it over and they over and they do it over and over again until they finally what? Got it. Well, in the spiritual realm, you do the same thing. Only it's not trial and error. It's not what? Trial and error. What is it? It's pray and listen. It's pray in the Holy Ghost. And listen. It's pray and listen and be quiet and be still and listen and listen and listen because why? The answers are in there. The answers are in there. Tell your neighbor the answers are in there. Listen, they're not in your head. You see, worry, worry searches for the answer in the mind. And if it hasn't been put in the mind, it ain't in there. And even if it has been put in there, you may not be able to dig it out because your mind is still functioning carnally. 
So you're, you're, you're laying there at night, laying awake at night, and you're going through your mind trying to figure out what am I going to do? How is this thing going to work out? And you're like somebody that goes to a file cabinet looking for a file. And you pull, <laughs> and you pull the file drawer open and you look at one file at a time. And you get all the way back to the back of the drawer. Then you come back, all the way back, looking at every file. And then you go through the process again. After you do that about three times, then you take all the files out the drawer, put them in the floor, and you put them back in the drawer one by one. One at a time, still hoping that what you're looking for is in this file. Well, it ain't in there. <laughs> and you've been up all night long. You're grumpy. You only had 20 minutes of sleep. You get up and go to work, and you wonder why nobody wants anything to do with you. When you could have entered into God's rest. Oh, come on, anybody here? Why? Because it's in you. Because it's in you, not in your head, Crystal. And if you learn how, it will come up in your mind in a usable form. And then one step at a time, it will begin to unfold. Particularly when faith feels. And that moment is coming if you don't get frustrated about it. And you don't get into a bunch of strife and unforgiveness. I'm preaching again. Why? That's the way Satan will try to stop it. Amen? And guess what? You will, and if you fall for it, guess what? It will stop it. Now go back to Deuteronomy 29, 29. Deuteronomy, Ron in there. I'm in the Bible. <laughs> So the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children for how long? Forever. That we may do all the words of this law or do all the words of this covenant. Now look at Luke chapter 8 verse 10. Jesus talking to you and me because he's our Lord. Is he our Lord? Amen. Well, what he said goes for us. What he says goes for us. So Luke chapter 8, look at verse 10. It says, and he said unto you, 
It is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others in parables, the seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. But it is given to you to know. It's given to you to know. So God has released the knowledge of his secrets by revelation of the Spirit of God. He has licensed the knowledge of his secret to us. Say it again. He has licensed the knowledge of the secrets to us. They are hidden, but they're not hidden from us. They're hidden, they're hidden for us unto our glory. Go to 1 Corinthians 2, 4. They are not hidden, hidden from us, but they're hidden for us. Are you with me? 1 Corinthians 2, 4. What does it say here? And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit, of the who? Spirit and a power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the what? Power of God. Howbeit we speak what? Wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto, unto our glory. The knowledge of the secrets belong to us. The mysteries belong to us. But it's in a mystery. But it's in a what? In a mystery. It is a mystery and without faith and without revelation and without the Spirit of God, you'll never get it. Hear what I just said. It's in a mystery, but without faith and without revelation, and without the Spirit of God, you'll never get it. Listen, the devil can't get in there. But God will give you answers that the devil doesn't know anything about. He'll give you a solution that nobody ever heard of. Oh, yeah, you with me in here. Look at verse 7 again. But we speak the wisdom of God in a what? Mystery, even a hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> Why, the devil thought he had him. This was a mystery hidden in God and hidden in Christ. Well, guess what? You and I 
are also hidden in Christ. Well, what's Psalm 91 1 say? He that dwelleth in the and and uh, place of the what? Shall abide under the shadow of the mighty. Well, we dwell in the secret place of the most high God. So therefore, we know things that the devil doesn't know. And you wonder, how does he find out things? The only way he finds out the stuff is when one of us blabs our mouth. <laughs> Other than that, he would never know. Sometimes you shut your big mouth. <laughs> but he don't know anything. Listen, he don't know what's going on on the inside of you. Hear what I just said? He don't know what's going on on the inside of you. Go back to 1 Corinthians 2.8. It says, Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have not crucified, they would have not, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Here go though. But God, but God has revealed them unto us by his what? By his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yeah, the deep things of God. Listen, it's all in there. It's where? In there. When we got born again, all these secrets. All these mysteries entered into our hearts. Listen, if everybody was to get born again and everybody was to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his way of being right every time, his way of being right every time. Well, look at Matthew 633. It says what? Seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be what? Added unto you. All of these what? Things. All of these what? Things shall be what? Added unto you. Now, if everybody on this earth was doing that, this planet would flourish and prosper like nobody could even dream of. We wouldn't be worried about global warning, warming. Why? We would change it. Come on. The only reason global warming is still a big, big topic or issue today, because why? Because of big government grants. And this planet has been cooling off for at least 10 years plus. And yes, we know we've done a lot to cause some things to happen, but as far as I read in this Bible, no human being is going to tear this planet up. Amen. Why? Because you and I don't have the authority and we don't have the equipment. 
So that's not going to happen. Say, neighbor, that's not going to happen. So don't let them get you in fear about global warming. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. And no man of no government is going to rule this world until the man. And the government anointed to rule this world comes to this planet. And his name is Jesus. Until then, that's not going to happen. But what we just described to you, when I said if everybody got born again, and everybody was seeking you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be coming, come, come unto you. What we just described is what will happen during the millennium reign of Christ. Because why? Satan will be put in jail. And everybody on earth is a mixture of glorified ones in the beginning, but then natural life begins to carry on. Because there are going to be people that survive the tribulation. And babies are going to be born during this millennium time. And you got this natural life going on for a thousand years. And there'll be a lot of people here because why? Nobody's dying. Come on, say amen, somebody. But everything's going to function under the law of love and everything will work. Come on, are you with me out here? However, it will work now. It will work what? Now in your world. It will work what? Now in your world. Listen, it's not being held back. It's being held for you to keep the devil out of your business. Let me say it again. It's not being held back. It's being held for you to keep the devil out of your what? Business. But the only way you're going to get it the only way you're going to get it is through faith in God. And you're going to have to receive it by faith and walk in the things of God. You can't get revelation from God walking in unbelief and fear. Say it again. You cannot get revelation from God walking in unbelief and fear. Why? Because they are clashing forces. And it's not because God won't, but it's because you're crossing up the field of action to where righteousness of God and fear is clashing against one another. Come on, are you with me out here? So you're at a place where spiritual things are not working for you. We read a couple weeks ago, Galatians 6, 7, where it says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, of his flesh reap what? Corruption. For he that soweth to his spirit, shall the spirit reap what? Life everlasting. This wasn't talking about sinners, folks. He was talking about Christian people. He was talking to people right there in the church of Galatia. Sowing to their flesh. You're going to reap the corruption of the flesh. But if you sow to your spirit, you're going to reap what? Reap life everlasting. The fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Come on, all of those. Why? 
See, you have life forces on the inside of you, but you have to let them flow. Say it again. You have life forces on the inside of you, but you have to what? You have to what? Let them what? Flow. You let them flow by what? By praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying your most holy faith. Jude one twenty. Praying your most holy faith. Jude one twenty. This is why praying in the Holy Ghost is so important. Praying in tongues is so important, but people still don't receive it. Not realizing how much they're going to be missing out. When you're trying to get out what God's put on you. It says, but ye be love, building up yourself on your what? Most what? Holy faith. How? How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. It's your most holy faith because why? You're praying in a language you can't foul up. <laughs> Let me say it again. You're praying in a language that you can't foul up. You can't argue with it <laughs> because you don't understand it. Because most of y'all would argue with what God's trying to show you if he showed it to you right there. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. Not me. You don't matter. Come on, we need to talk in the closet here. Come on. But like we read earlier, we can believe God. Go back to 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Like we read earlier, this is what we can believe God for. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that what? That he may interpret. That he may what? Interpret. So you can know what the Spirit of God is bringing up on the inside of you. Say it again. So you can know what the Spirit of God is bringing up where? On the inside of you. Because why? There's coming a time where these secrets will start being revealed to you. Because why? Because faith is coming. Because what? Faith is coming. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. It says, for he that what? He that what? Speaketh in a what? Unknown tongue. Speaketh not unto men, but unto who? God. For no man understandeth him. How beating the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. And some translations, he's speaking divine secrets, divine secrets, divine secrets to God. What are we doing? We're praying those secrets. And what they're doing, they're coming out, we're talking secrets, folks. Mysteries that the, even the devil doesn't understand. That's why he hates tongue talkers. He doesn't have a clue, so he can't stop it. He can't interfere. But your inner man understands it. It's your head that does it. But if you keep praying in the Holy Ghost, 
illumination will even come to your head. So don't go around saying you don't know something. I don't know. The living God in you knows everything. He's what? He knows everything. And guess what? You are in full contact with him. Why? It's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. It's been given to you to know even where your car keys are. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. It's given you to know everything. Now you lose your car keys, you know, somewhere in the house. And you be looking all over the place like that file cabinet. (laughs) Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. Glory to God. But that's all in the natural. See, what you should be doing is asking the Holy Ghost. I ain't finished yet. Y'all don't even know what I'm getting ready to say. <laughs> what you should be doing is asking the Holy Ghost, where do I put my keys so I don't ever lose them again? That's <laughs> Y'all start saying amen, boy. I ain't finished my sentence. <laughs> He'll give you the wisdom to put your keys in a certain place so you don't ever forget them. So you don't have to look for your keys. If you put them in one spot, where's that coming? That's coming out of you. It's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But there's going to be some things you got to pray out in the Holy Ghost. And you listen. You pray. And you listen. You get quiet. And you rest. And you pray. And you listen. And watch God begin to bring things out that's already in you. Every answer that you need, every answer that you're looking for is not out here somewhere It's already in you because God is in you and he knows all things. Lift your hands to the Lord. But you got to pray them out. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost more. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost more. And you got to pray in the Holy Ghost some more. And you got to pray in the Holy Ghost some more. You get in the Word. You pray in the Holy Ghost some more. What happened? Faith will begin to come. Faith will begin to come. Faith will begin to come. Illumination begin to come. And you will see it with your spiritual eyes. You know that you know that you know this is it. Hallelujah. Come on, let your hands to the